podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Joe, I thought we'd go ahead and start with the passing of Mike Leach. And I know you have some ties to Texas Tech. And I just thought, what was your most fondest memory or most, you know, impactful memory of Mike Leach during his tenure, not only at Texas Tech, but throughout college football? My favorite Mike Leach memory was the 2008 Texas game because I was at Baylor. I had a buddy named Reed who went to school at Baylor, but grew up a tech fan. And so never, never let his tech fandom go. It was kind of like he rooted for Baylor as long as they weren't playing tech kind of thing. Okay. Um, so tech's crazy good that year. They were, I think they were undefeated up to that point because they hadn't lost to Oklahoma yet. And going into that game, they're undefeated. He's stoked. He he's like, man, we gotta we gotta go somewhere and watch this game. So we ended up going to Papa Rolos to watch the game and grab some some beer, some pizza. Great spot. Watch the game. Yeah, epic spot in Waco. Yeah. The the whole place in in the that's sitting at the bar was a bunch of like biker Texas fans. Just diehard Longhorns, which unfortunately there are a number of in Waco. There, yeah. There's 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 a number of Texas fans in Waco. Um but seeing the crab tree catch with a buddy that rooted for tech and watching like 12 Texas fans immediately become super deflated. That will always be my favorite Mike Leach memory is, is the, the Graham Harrell throw to, to Michael Crabtree. That was amazing. Yeah. I think thinking about Leach, I mean, really you can't tell the story of the resurgence of Baylor without talking about Mike Leach. Absolutely not. No, like, is, you have you have Art Ross comes from that coaching tree via Houston to Baylor to kind of put Baylor back in, you know, successful, you know, won two Big 12 championships. But before then, the first bowl game for I don't know how many years, like 16 years or something like that. No, it was I think it was 96 to 2011. So, yeah. yeah. So and then now or 2010. Sorry. Yeah. So then now, like our current head coach was on that same, you know, staff with with all those guys. And so like he has, so has a direct effect on our current Baylor program, the success that we've had and the continued success that Baylor's had. So I think, like I said, you just really can't tell that story without Mike Leach. Absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you can tell the story of modern college football without Mike Leach. You can't. Absolutely. So. Not. I don't think you can tell the story of Texas high school football. I don't think you can tell the story of the current NFL without at least seeing some of his fingerprints sitting on it. I was on, I was on locked on Baylor with Drake earlier this week. And, you know, one of the things that, that we mentioned was like Monday night football was kicking off that night. The, the coach of the Arizona Cardinals in that game. Yeah. Cliff Kingsbury running an offense that's similar to what he learned how to run while he played quarterback for Mike Leach. Like Cliff Kingsbury is not a head coach in the NFL. If it's not for Mike Leach. Absolutely. And, and it, uh, I was, you know, one of the things that I've been thinking about too, on the other side of this was Mike Leach, <laughs> funny enough, like the idea of having a quote unquote system quarterback yeah. free Leach, that doesn't really exist. I mean, you think about, you know, if, if in a normal system, 
30 years ago, a guy like BJ Simmons put up the numbers that he put up. It's like, oh, there's no question that guy's a first round pick quarterback. But suddenly, because there was this system that was so pass heavy, uh, found so many great ways to move the ball in space uh, to neutralize speed and size differences between two teams. That's when, you know, NFL scouts started having to rethink like, well, yeah, he threw 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns, but is it because he's a good quarterback or is it because yeah. he runs this college system? Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's one of the saddest days, I think, too, just because beyond football, he was an amazing personality. He was a lightning rod um, and he, he had opinions that not everybody agreed with, um, you know, and, but, but that's fine. He, he was a, he was a fully open human being who was not ashamed of who he was in himself um, and was not unaccepting of others that might have thought differently than him. And I think that's, yeah. that's, that's what made a lot of Mike Leach. Okay. Right. Like some of the, some of the, the locker room speeches and stuff that, if you saw that today, you know, there might be people on Twitter, you know, saying, oh, that's just horrible. I can't believe he would talk to people that way. It was always it always seemed to be OK with Leach. Um, so he'll be yeah. he'll be sorely missed. It's because he was like he's like one of one, you know. Yeah, he's so like, he's he's a special one. Yeah. And. I truly yeah. hope that the College Football Hall of Fame. Yeah. So uh, makes an exception because he was he was literally three wins uh three wins away from from hitting the threshold of having a 600 winning percentage which is the the minimum requirement for a yeah it's like to the his, hall of fame yeah right now his percentage is like 59.6 yeah think. it's something like that if he just, if he had won three more games in his career instead of the losses that he had then, let's just round then, that up let's just yeah. round that up come on yeah no it was um it was tough news and you're absolutely right about like his impact. Cause if you just look at college football landscape right now, you have two offensive coordinators in the sec who run a variation of their raid, you know, their tweaks on it, Tennessee, you know, Josh Heupel runs his variation of that. He was, you know, coached by Leach as well at Oklahoma. So and then if you just look across college football, like there's variations everywhere of doing some type of air raid or an offshoot of the air raid, like the Browse offense is, is an offshoot of that. Eric Morris just got hired at University of North Texas. He was a Texas Tech guy who coached or played under Leach, coached under Cliff Kingsbury. So it's Dana Holgerson, like Dana Holgerson, Dana Houston, yeah. Lincoln Riley in USC. Donnie Dykes at TCU going to the playoff. I mean, they're all under that umbrella. And so you can't. It's almost weird right. to tell you the truth at Baylor right now that we run, you know, a, a wide zone scheme. And it's that wouldn't have been that crazy in 1998. Yeah. But it's almost it's 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 unique in the college football world today because everybody has gone more towards the spread or maybe something like what Bill Snyder kind of did at Kansas state that you, that you saw urban Meyer then start doing as well. Like kind of the, the read option yeah. style stuff. I think if the, the spread pass, if Grimes ever did like move on to like a head coaching job, I think you would probably, we'd probably go back to the spread. Honestly, just because the best coordinators seems like now run a variation of that. 
All right. So we definitely are going to miss Coach Leach, and our thoughts and condolences are definitely with his family during this time. Other than that, that was a huge news in cultural world. Um, it's been kind of crazy and off. I guess you could start off the field cultural news with the you know the the window for the transfer portal opened up on December fifth for players to declare. And while we, Baylor has had some, they haven't had like Texas A&M has twenty two of their like eighty five, twenty three plus two went to the NFL or declared for the NFL. So that's like. 26 i think I think they are up to 28 i want to say is what i read earlier today total players that won't be around and which essentially i think it's it was uh the houston chronicle said it was either 31 or 32 percent of their scholarship players from last year now gone good luck with that jimbo um but conversely baylor's had i think five four five say they're going to the the portal we've had one actually move on to another you know commit to virginia tech and kyron drones so are there any players now i should mention we did sign a player from byu an offensive lineman um barrington and so what are your thoughts about this movement are there any players that you're looking at that might be good for baylor that are in the transfer portal that you're aware of um, I would, to tell you the truth, I personally hope that we go pick up, uh, I would love to see like a wide receiver, maybe somebody in the back end of the defense. Um, yeah. I know the majority of the fan base is pining for a big name quarterback to come. Not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, from everything that I have heard and the conversations, you know, and, and debates that I've had with people that I trust in the Baylor world, um, I it's I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's it's probably likely that we get maybe a grad transfer to just boost the QB room. That's it. Your, as of right now, your backup quarterback since Kyron Jones went to Virginia Tech, your backup quarterback is going to be true freshman Austin Novosad. Um, and while everybody has high hopes for him, and I, I think he's going to be a stellar quarterback in college, um, unless you're 100 percent sure that a freshman is is what you want to go with. It's, it would be kind of nice to have somebody else with some college experience, maybe to be to be the backup. But um, from everything I'm hearing, the team is is full bore ahead with Blake Shapen being the starting quarterback next year, continuing to develop him, um, trying to make improvements on some of the things that he needs to grow um, and seeing how he'll improve from being a sophomore to a junior. Um, the other part of that is if you bring in a guy that has two or three years of eligibility left, that's a big name quarterback um, out of the transfer portal, you might piss off the 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 superstar kid that you have coming yep. in who's kind of expecting to be starting in a couple of years so bringing in another name in front of him might not be the smartest move when it comes to person over player which is what what they preach at Baylor yeah I mean I think they're going to add a quarterback but like you said it may be even a grad transfer later on or even you know a preferred walk-on type you know just for depth Yes, Not necessarily an FC, maybe probably yeah. like an FCS kid. Um, yeah, like the Luke Anthony from last year, who was a Louisiana Tech grad transfer, but he wasn't. I don't think he was a scholarship quarterback. No, he wasn't. It was a walk on. Yeah, like that's exactly what it's going to be because you want to have, you don't want to have two quarterbacks in your room, like your one two, and having only fifty percent of them t have taken a snap at college. Um, yeah. So bringing in a grad transfer that's got experience, you know, even if it's at the FCS level, 
Um, he's seen it. He's been around, um, you know, has, has been coached up yeah. by college teams, knows what the, the schedule and, and, and how draining it can be um, yeah. as you get Nova said, ready to take over. So, yeah, I agree. I think you're probably, you may get like a, a couple of receivers, definitely some a defensive linemen, uh, just to bolster that because you are losing potentially a lot of depth off of that defensive line. Um, and definitely secondary, either safety or cornerback, you know, something like that. Yeah, absolutely. I would lo- like I said, I'd I'd love to see something on the back end of the defense and I'd and I'd love to see an experienced wide receiver come in because I I, I really think there's a lot of things that Blake Shapin can improve at. There's a lot of things yeah. Blake Shapin is doing wrong. But I think you'd agree with me just from the view that you and I had in the press box this year. There was there was plenty of times where I was sitting there and I'm like, I, I don't know who Blake would have thrown it to there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and I think you're, I agree. And I was coming off of the season. I, I was a little more harsh on on Blake than I, I currently have. Like right now, like going into spring or after the bowl game. I was like, you want Blake Shapin to be your your starting quarterback. I mean, unless Austin Novosad comes in, and he's just like, you know, I want a competition. The doors like, I, off I, I, I do, I do believe they get, they should give Novosad every every opportunity. No, absolutely. To job. But I think the best case scenario, based off of everything that I know about what the plans of this team is, our team is, your best case scenario is that Blake Shapin is your quarterback next year because he has made considerable improvements. Yes, with footwork, definitely. Yeah, footwork and 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 you know, I think I think a big part of the season. I've seen a few people break down Blake Shapin's statistics from before and after the West Virginia injury. Um, you know, he got a concussion in that game. Yeah. I to tell you that it won't surprise me one bit if just a good solid offseason does him good um to to reset because I think I think he got a little shell shock. I think his decision-making got even worse after that West Virginia game. And I think it was because he was a little bit, I think he was, I think he was probably watching a little bit. He's not a big guy. Um, that's another thing that, that I've heard uh, some people break down that, that I trust that really break down film um, that I've talked to about shaping is, is some of the, the things that he's missed, like he'll miss open receivers. And the thought is, well, it's probably because he's not the tallest guy in the world. Maybe he's not seeing over his line. Well, um, the taller you are, the easier it is for you to scan the field. So, so being a shorter guy, being a smaller guy, you know, I think, I think maybe he had a little bit of happy feet and, and was sometimes too quick to get rid of the ball. Didn't, didn't allow his receivers to get open. Um, or he would focus on just like one guy and pray that that guy was open. Cause he was like, I don't want to get hit again. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I think, I think Baylor's done really solid. I know, I know a lot of people were upset about the drones transfer. Um, and that was bound to happen. I mean, yeah. we, we probably had a conversation of if Blake Shapin was going to be successful and if he was going to go in, let's say things went differently and Baylor was nine and three and Blake Shapin had an amazing year. Drones is transferring anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah he's, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Dr- Kyron Drones wants to play football. Um, yeah. So this, you know, it was this is the the current era of college football that that exists with the transfer portal and, and i think it's fine like i don't blame if, him and he yeah i would want to play too. market himself he has to get plans him put because i mean uh, presumably his goal is to go to the nfl just like every all of their goals are but you got to put you know you need film to get scouted you can't just be mm-hmm. standing on the sidelines for three years 
So, and, and for, for any fans that are out there that are freaking out, like anytime you're like, Oh my God, you know, I'm seeing a rumor about an offensive lineman transfer or Seth Jones went into the portal or Kyron Jones went into the portal. Um, since the, since the transfer portal has been around, Baylor has the second least number of kids transfer behind only Northwestern. We have had a total of 38 kids enter the transfer portal since it started. Think of, we, we started this transfer portal talk with Texas A&M 23 players just this just this year have gone into the portal for A&M 38 total players for Baylor since I want to say 2017 was when the portal started. So yeah. just put things into perspective. There's, you know, when you fire your defensive coordinator like we did, uh, you know, Ron Roberts was let go. And you see a couple of guys that you wanted to see on the field transfer. It, it kind of makes you panic there a little bit. But I would say that when you look at the track record of this coaching staff and the kids that don't transfer and the kids that stay and the kids that are committing here to play football, I I, I don't put too much stock into anybody who thinks that there's any any true um, long term locker room strife or anything like that. I think Dave Aranda has nipped a lot of that in the bud. Um and I think this team is going to be pretty stable moving forward. Yeah, and you touched on it about uh, Ron Roberts, who's let go since the last we talked, as was special team safeties and special teams coach Ronnie Wheat. And a lot of people were kind of shocked, not by Ronnie Wheat. I think that was pretty expected just based on the safety play and special teams play all season. Like, it never got better. Safety – play got worse from 21 to when we lost Matt Pallage to this year. And it's, it's largely the players are in the same system last year. So that one I think was pretty expected. I think a lot of people were shocked that Ron Roberts was dismissed. What was your Yeah, I, it was shocking from, I want to say, even just a personal standpoint of the relationship between he and Aranda because they are – considered or reportedly very, very close friends. Um, Aranda coached under Roberts and then mm-hmm. Roberts, you know, uh, you know, was, was one of the people that Aranda has leaned on throughout the years. And I, from all I've heard was the first phone call he made when he got the head coaching job to bring him in as the defensive coordinator. Um, last season, Roberts was the, um, was the play caller and the defensive coordinator for one of the best teams in the country. One of the best mm-hmm. defenses that we've ever seen at Baylor. Um, so yeah, it's a bit shocking. Um, uh, I, I'm sure that there are other things that we are not aware of that were happening in the background. Yeah. There's some yeah. things that you can infer based off of what Dave Aranda said this year. But I was about to on- say, did you hear what he said at the is? I guess that coach's show that they have at Rudy's. He made a comment about we have a certain way we treat people here, and that was yes. kind of their standard, and that's how they left it at. So. Yeah, like you said, you can infer what you want from those comments. Yeah, we got in the mailbag this week on our Daily Bears. There's a weekly mailbag, so be on the lookout for that. You can ask questions, and, and a number of different folks that that work over at our Daily Bears will answer your questions. Um, but we have a, a weekly mailbag, and one of the questions was, why did David Rand fire him? My answer was, you know, uh, my first couple sentences are like, you know, hey, the, only David Rand knows that kind of thing. But it boils down to this. The answer to the question of why was Ron Roberts fired it's because Dave Aranda believed that was the best thing for this football team moving forward. And, and that's it. That's all you need to know. Yeah. And there's been, I don't, I don't know if there's any names banging about for like a replacement. There's 
there's like one like pipe dream out there that yeah jim leonard is the, the big on. one that i see everybody pining after and and rightfully so he took over for dave whenever he was at wisconsin and went to lsu he studied with him in that prior season to learn more about new offenses and how defenses work inside of college football. Cause I think at that time, this may have been like 2016, maybe uh, he was coming from his NFL career to, you know, back to coaching in college. And he was just learning from Dave, how offenses are different in college football and how you attack them. So there is that like familiarity. They run a similar, if not, you know, the same type of defense with like the, um, the creepers and everything that Dave does with on the defensive side of the ball. So it makes sense culturally and schematically. However, he's going to be highly sought after. And he's, yeah. he's only I, here's, in Wisconsin. I, I got, I got a bit skewered for my point of view. Uh, I wouldn't say skewered. I just, I, I, people didn't necessarily agree with me. Um, I say we don't want Jim Leonard because well, he's, last he's year rental. he's a rental. For one. That's a hundred percent the case because Jim Leonard is, by all accounts, has a desire to be a head coach, and if if he was if if we really really were going to be able to hire him, I assume we would have hired him by now. I assume he's he's waiting to find out if he could get a couple of head coaching jobs that are out also, there right now. Also, and, well, I have a different take. I don't think he's. I don't think he wants to be a head coach. I think he wants to be Wisconsin's head coach. I don't think he wants to be yeah, a Purdue's head coach. That's great. Tom Herman wanted to be you, uh, Texas's yeah. head coach. He had to go to U of H first. Absolutely. But um, also, I mean, he could go to the NFL and be a defensive coordinator for the, the Packers. He could. And if you not have to recruit. I mean, the way I look at this is last year, you lost James Blanchard and Joey, Joey McGuire, two of your heart and soul of the program level coaches that have been around that were around under two, two head coaches. So Joey McGuire leaves. All right. So you, you lose, you lose a little bit of that there this year, you lose Ron Roberts and coach wheat, like you mentioned. So that's a new defensive coordinator. Um, we heard all year rumors surrounding Jeff Grimes wanting to leave and, and get a head coaching job. So you only, you assume that maybe next year or the year after you probably don't have Jeff Grimes as your offensive coordinator anymore. There's rumors right now that A&M is targeting him for their offensive coordinator. Yeah. That's there's no way that that'll happen. I'll tell you that right now. Um, but, um, you know, he's not, he's not going to leave unless it's for a head coaching job. Not for a lot. But, but, but he's going to get one. I, I believe in the next year or two. So if you bring in a guy like Leonard and he gets a head coaching job, the following season, you've lost, two defensive coordinators in two years, possibly an offensive coordinator and your assistant head coach all in a span of like three years right there. Like that is so much turnover. You want to talk about worrying about the transfer portal. It's when kids have coaches that recruited them to schools and those assistants leave that drives kids to the transfer portal a lot. What I want out of the defensive defensive coordinator hire is a guy that I think is going to stick around for three or four years at minimum, a guy that wants to learn under Aranda I think Aranda's still going to have his fingerprints very much on the team. He mentioned at the coaches show that you brought up earlier that he's going to be calling the defense at the bowl game. Yeah, and that's he's where I was kind of going right now. It. So, I mean, Dave Aranda, it's, it's Dave Aranda's defense. I, in, in my you have mind, the best defensive think, coordinator in the country on your team, right? I'd now. say like, it's Dave Aranda's defense. You, you, know, you have someone calling plays, but it's like, here's our 
schematics. Here's what we do. Here's a, a, what a, kind of how like in Alabama, whenever they got really successful with Lane Kiffin and they brought in that offense, they still run that same offense because Saban tells them that this is our offense and you just learn how to run it. You're going to yeah. call plays, but it's this is what we do. Kind of same thing with I would think you'd want Dave to say, here's my defense, here's what we do, here's how you're going to call games, here's our philosophies. Yeah, I I fully trust Aranda. Um, so I think I think I personally think the reason we haven't made a hire yet is for two reasons. I think he's fully focused on this year and and focused on on the bowl game. Yeah. And part two is I think there's probably somebody that he is targeting that is most likely in the group of five ranks that has a bowl game to play. Um, and I think I think we'll find out after bowl season is over who the defensive coordinator is going to be. Um, but I, I I have a suspicion. This is just a guess. I, this is not insider info whatsoever. But my suspicion is there is a group of five defensive coordinator out there that's going to be playing in a bowl game um, that Dave has probably already talked to. Mac may have already talked to as well. Um, and we're just kind of waiting on them to be done because if there's one thing we know about this athletic department, they are tight. They do. Yeah. They don't let. There's no leaks that come out of the Baylor athletic. Leaks department. don't come until the candidate le- side leaks it. Exactly. Yeah, it's not ever going to come from us. So if it's a coach that's still under, you know, still wanting to coach his team, um, and not want it, not want it to get out, it's not going to get out. So well, yeah, and that's the thing with like, let's. I mean, just Leonard, for instance, like he's still coaching their their bowl game, and he's under contract still with. Wisconsin through 2023. Yes. So he's still, even though, so. But he has said he's not returning. No, he said so. he's not returning. He's yeah, But there's, there's like legal contractual things to work out. If, if that, if you're going that route also. Yeah. So it could, it could very well be Leonard. Um, that may be what happens. A name um, I, I like. I have a sneaking suspicion. It's going to be a, a group of five guy. A name I like is Matthew Pallage, just because. He didn't do great at Oregon this year. He was co-DC at Oregon this year. Still, but they weren't he was, great. He did great at Baylor. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. Or I oh, oh, I I brought his name up to a couple of folks and I got my hand slapped. So, really? <laughs> there is also this trend that Kent State head coach John um, John Lewis left to be the offensive coordinator for Colorado. There may be a Mac or Group of Five head coach. Who's a defensive head coach? Who's thinking yeah, an FCS like, one? Even like uh, we just saw Bobby Petrino yeah. do the same. Well, you Missouri think State. like my path to be a Power Five head coach or a larger Group of Five head coach, maybe through a coordinator in the Power Five as opposed to being a head coach at a lower level. Yeah, that's very possible. So, but I don't. I, we're not going. I don't think we're going to see until I think Dave Aranda is going to be the majority of head coach of Baylor. You know, his name wasn't really thrown out there. We were talking about all kinds of other names. Mm-hmm. Whenever they hired Aranda and rule. Yeah, absolutely. So that's how Mac runs his searches. Really. Dave kind of did the same thing with when they hired Grimes before 21. So it may be someone you're maybe absolutely correct. It's just someone that we're not even talking about out of left field. Yeah. That, that we, that a name that we haven't even heard and we're going to have to Google it. Like you said, Aranda is going to be coaching in the bowl game. So let's talk a little bit about the bowl game. We are, how are we feeling about it? How do you feel about it? Man, this is one of those games where it's like, 
we're we are a better football team than the Air Force Academy. We have better athletes, um, and just all around, there's there's no reason that we shouldn't shouldn't win this game. Vegas says we're a five and a half point favorite. Um, it's in Texas, so another thing like we should have more fans there. It should be uh, closer to a home home field advantage to us. It should be. You know, it's an easier travel for us. It's in a stadium that we play in regularly because it's unfortunately in Amon G. Carter where TCU plays. Yeah. Uh, but hey, maybe Baylor can finally win there for once. Um, <laughs> but it's also like I hate playing the service academies because you never know what they're going to do. And and they play hard. And a couple of months ago, there was a conversation about football on Twitter where uh, we were, everybody was talking about how sometimes it's just the team that tries, tries the longest that wins. Because a lot of the time when you know that a team is better than you and you're just getting beat, you kind of, you kind of quit. We've, we've all done that in competitions before, right? Where you get two thirds of the way through something that you're doing and you're kind of like, yep, there's no way I'm going to win this. So you're not, yeah. you're not firing on all cylinders. The the service academies don't have that. They fire on all cylinders for four quarters, no matter how bad they're getting beat. Um, and those are the scary teams to play because if you let them keep it close, they can beat you. Uh, Air Force went nine and three this year, uh, had a very, very good season. Um, so, uh, you know, I'll, uh, I'll give you my pick. I do think Baylor covers. I think that we're just, I think we'll be able to control the line of scrimmage. And I think our defensive line is going to be the key, um, at stopping Air Force there. I don't. I, they're not going to be prepared to face off against guys like Siaki Ika and Jackson Player. Um, and from everything we're hearing, and no, nobody's skipping the bowl game this year. Um, so I think our defensive line is going to be very dominant. And with our running game, I think that's another thing. Our offensive line is just going to be able to overpower them. And and the 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 thing that we are not good at this year defensively is is what we've talked about the back end. The best passer that Air Force has is 36 of 76 for 733 yards with six touchdowns and two interceptions this year. They don't throw the football. Um, so you're not going to have to worry about them beating you over the top. We're going to be able to load up the box. Um, and I think that's definitely going to play into Baylor's advantage. Uh, it's going to be a gimmicky game. I don't know if if it's going to be a high scoring game. I don't think it will. It's supposed to be kind of cold and I would bet rainy when this game happens. Um, yeah. So I it's going to be a slog, but at the end of the day, I think Baylor is just going to be too big and strong um, and will end up dominating and probably winning by about 10 points. The first thought I had whenever it was announced was, I think the same, it was the same thought that Max Garner had, which was like, remember that fourth quarter where Texas ran it every single play and down our throats. Imagine that for like a whole game. That scared the, it scared me at first because it's, or West Virginia. You think about what yeah, they did on the run game. Yeah. I mean, that is like, it's, you're right. That's a They're different running game though, because you're True. not worried about, you, you're not having to keep guys back because you're worried about Xavier worthy beating you deep. True. And it's also going to be like, they're going to cut block every single play. And it's like putting up with that all game is exhausting. And the last time I checked, I I haven't recently. Let me look. I'm going to look up Air Force's roster really fast. Okay, I'm looking at their their rushing leaders. Um, no, I tell I do not see Bijan Robinson on that list. So, it's a good point. Uh, 
So the other thing I thought was this game is going to be like two and a half hours long. Yeah, it's going to be a fast game because we're going to want to both teams want to control, control the, the clock, clock and run the ball. And that's what they're going to want to do, too. So, though, it may turn out to be a super long game. And Isaac Power is the MVP. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think Baylor has a better athletes. They should be able to handle the line of scrimmage, especially on offensive side of the ball. They should be able to run the ball at will. Um, I'm a little concerned, like I said, on the opposite side, but do you know um, who their leading receiver is? No. Uh, it's a guy named David Cormier. Okay. He's their leading receiver. I want you to guess how many yards he has on the season. Four hundred and fifty. Okay, less than that. Um, I but here's here's the big thing. They have played twelve games this year. This is their leading receiver. Air Force has played twelve games, nine and three team, pretty solid. How many receptions do you think David Cormier has? Thirty-five. Thirteen. Goodness gracious! Their leading receiver has thirteen catches for three hundred eighty-four yards and four touchdowns. Hey, but think about that reception to touchdown ratio is like pretty. That's good. huge. Yeah. That's 13 huge. Every, every, every three touches. catches. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be a yeah, lot around the ball. One catch a game. <laughs> so it'll be a lot of, it'll be fast. I still think it'll be, you know, and so like I'm going to the game. So I'll be there in, freezing in person. So I, I'm going to be, I am staying home this year. I've been to the last couple bowl games. My wife really wanted me to stay home. And so, and I did, I'm not going to lie. Like I wasn't, I, I wasn't, I wasn't excited about going to Amon G Carter stadium and the outdoors being in the rain in a six and six season bowl game and paying yeah. too much money and driving all that way to go do it. So I understand that I was I'm staying cozy in my house. It's like, it's like an hour and a half drive. And a buddy, yeah, five said, hours for me. A buddy so. was like, Hey, we got you a ticket. And I was like, okay, I'll go. Yeah. See, there you go. That's easy enough. So, yeah. But yeah. It's a five and a, it's a, it's a five hour drive for me. The game's at six 30. So there's no way I'd be able to come home. that. Night. Oh yeah. And it's going to be like, <laughs> so cold. <clears throat> yeah. It's going to be so cold. Like it's probably gonna be in the twenties at game time. <laughs> it's not gonna be fun at all, but then again, it will be fun. So have you ever been to that stadium? Oh, not since it's been renovated. Like I went like, but you've been, you, you know, as a area kid, of town yeah, that's in, yeah, how yeah. it's just like in the middle of a neighborhood. It's terrible. I hate it. Yeah. That's TCU though. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. I'm familiar with the area. I'm, you know, most of my family's from Fort Worth. I spent a lot of time there. So yeah. But the last time I was there was like in the nineties. Damn. Like when I was a kid, we went to an A&M game there against TCU. So, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Is there any other ball games other than the big ones? Of course, like I'm sure we're you're you're locked into the playoff or whatever. But anything else that uh, stands out to you? Any matchups that are interesting of other ball games? I mean, there is there's one matchup that I think stands above the rest and it's for 
true, true, true college football fans, um, which is the Transperfect Music City Bowl, which features a rematch of a bowl game from last year featuring Iowa versus Kentucky. And that is going to be just the I, I'm, I think it should just officially be called the Sickos Bowl. You're a disgusting person. Yeah, it, um, it's it's oh, it's going to be just beautifully awful. I cannot wait to watch that game. Um, the other one that I'm looking forward to, honestly, is the Texas Bowl, uh, which is Texas Tech Ole Miss. I'm going to be going to that say. this year. Yeah, that's what um, I was going to say, too. It's in Houston. So uh, and my wife went to Tech. We got same similar thing. We had somebody offer us if we wanted to go. Plus, uh, our friends over at Gambling Gauchos are going to be throwing a pregame party. Um, so my wife and uh, my wife and I and a couple of her tech friends will probably head down uh, to Midtown in Houston and, and go hang out, meet some meet some of those tech Twitter folks that we interact with a lot. Um, hopefully we'll see maybe a couple of the guys, uh, maybe either either Steven or Tristan from Talking Tech if they make it down. I think Steven's coming. Um, but uh, yeah, hang out with some tech folks and then and then go to that game that night. I it, it, sorry, tech fans that are listening. Let I think Ole Miss probably wins that game. But let me ask you this. Are you going to pull like a, a Drake toll and wear like Texas Tech colors? No, I'm wearing Baylor stuff. Even though your wife is a graduate. Yes. You're going to wear. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just, I, will, just... I, I will probably wear. I, 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 I won't go crazy. Like I'm not going to get decked out. I'll probably wear like a Sugar Bowl shirt or a Big 12 championship shirt with with an Astros hat. I'll probably just throw an Astros hat on not to put too much in their face. Right. But yeah, those are those are the kind of the two I'm looking forward to. Um, I'm excited for Kansas that they're in the Liberty Bowl. They're going bowling. So good for Kansas. I think they're going to get the um, the doors blown off them by Arkansas. Uh, but, you know, that's that's another one. Um, yeah, yeah I would say I would say Iowa, Kentucky. That's the one for that's the the true test of college f- fandom. If you if you can make Iowa, Kentucky um, something that you look forward to watching, then, you know, you're a true fan. Yeah, I mean, other than like, I'm looking forward to the Texas Bowl as well, and almost the Alamo Bowl with what is it, um, Texas and Washington. That should be Texas a very Washington. Inter- yeah, Sark that playing be a very his old team. Yeah, that should be an entertaining game. And I think the the Alamo Bowl is always pretty entertaining. Um, you know, and I'm gonna I'm gonna watch LSU's bowl game, of course, as well. So it'll be it'll be it's bowl season. It's it's it's, it's always fun. Exhibition yeah. games are. Wonderful. Play against uh, a coachless Purdue. Did you have any um, issues with the? Because I've seen some Baylor fans upset about the whole how the bowls were picked. God no, no. Did you have any issue with the fact that Oklahoma is going to no cheese it bowl? Nope. Instead of like Texas Tech or you know who I guess they should have gone there based on Not how they one finished. Bit. Yeah, me either. I don't care. I mean, we there, six six, have, you get what you get. I mean, there are there are two points here, in my opinion. First and foremost, uh, these bulls need try to make as much money as they possibly can. And so, yeah. when they have the opportunity to grab a name like Oklahoma, they're going to grab a name like because they're going to they're going to travel. Yeah, I have um, in in previous lines of work, I have I have uh, tried to make some deals with some some bulls actually. 
um, and have actually met with with some of the the folks that run uh, a couple of the smaller bowls. Um, and they'll tell you straight up, like they make their their year is made or broken with the name that they get. If they get a school like Alabama or Oklahoma or something like that that comes, um, they're going to sell countless more tickets yeah. than if they get Louisiana Lafayette. And their world's about to change like next year. Yes. In 24. Whenever they so start. Having I'll, those- I'll never be mad at a bowl being like, you know what? We'd rather have Oklahoma than Texas Tech. Oklahoma's a bigger name than Texas Tech. It just is. Um, and the second part of this is, is this. There is two tiers of bowl, in my opinion. There is the playoff slash New Year's bowls. So your status bowls that you're like super proud to win. That you, yeah, the New Year's um, six. Yeah. Yeah. The, your sugar bowls, your fiesta bowls, and the and the playoff, you know, the Rose Bowl, Orange Bowl, those those bowls. Yeah. If you get left out of them, feel free to yell, be mad if you think you deserve to be there. But if it's not that, it's the second tier. It's everything else. Who cares? Yeah. Go to your bowl game and be happy. If you're arguing because you went to the Armed Forces Bowl instead of the Guaranteed Rate or the Liberty Bowl, I, I really got nothing. I got nothing for you. I got nothing for you. I mean, I, <laughs> like there. I mean, be mad. Yeah. It's okay. I mean, yeah, we were six I'm and not, six this year. Be happy. <laughs> yeah, and we finished like on a three losses. So. Yeah, I've yeah. seen I've seen I know what you're talking about. I've seen some fan bases talking like we would rather go to Orlando than where we you weren't going to go yeah. to Orlando. You weren't. I watch those games every year. And when it when there is a when there is a team that is that is from far away, that is not a big name team, the place is half empty. <laughs> yeah, I'm, honestly, like I wouldn't have gone to Orlando. Yeah, it's not happening. The best case scenario, as we said from the beginning for Baylor, was getting a bowl game in Dallas or Houston or San Antonio. Like getting one of the one of the one of the bowls in Texas. That's the best case scenario. It's the easiest to travel to. We'll have the biggest crowd there for that. Yeah, bowl. and the Sugar Bowl is always one. good for the New York Six because it's it's not a long drive. Yeah, you can get there pretty. It's the second closest one behind. It's the like Cotton Bowl and Sugar Bowl. That's where you want to go. Yeah. But yeah. So we're in agreement. I really wasn't upset. I was like, well, it is what it is, you know. But. There are other sports going on besides bowl season. We have uh, kind of kicked up basketball season to a, a little bit another level after, you know, kind of winding down to football. You see a lot more basketball promos, a lot more um, attention paid. And as you as everyone knows, you and I are basketball experts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so. We I love a, college basketball. I just I love college basketball. I just am not as good at understanding it. <laughs> I just don't know what's going on a lot of time. <laughs> I live in I live in happy ignorance. When I when I I love seeing folks like Brandon McKinnon um, and talking to him that that have a and even even Matt is bear um, that Definitely have like that. A, yeah that have just a really really strong understanding of the game of basketball because they played it. Um, I only played basketball for like two years in like eighth and ninth grade. Um, I played a ton of football and I played a ton of baseball um, and I've watched a ton of football and I've watched a ton of baseball. I've watched, you know, I watch a lot of college basketball, but I, I will still never understand the X's and O's to a level that those guys do. Absolutely. Um, I love basketball. Most of my basketball playing has been like street ball, which you really don't draw at place. People yeah. just move around. You just move just around go. a lot. You find a, you find an open area yeah. to stand so that's basically my understanding of it. Um, however, I love watching it. Um, and again, Baylor has two top 20 teams. They're 
playing at a high level. You know, it's Baylor had a bad loss against Marquette, but they bounced back and they had a win over Gonzaga, and they played some lower lower level teams and kind of you know blew yeah they uh, they played Tarleton after that, which they won by uh, twenty three points. And then, so you know, you kind of you. It's good to play those games because you want to kind of hone in on what you're doing. Their defense has played better since the Marquette game. So hopefully that can be – that's not just a, you know, mirage because of the competition we're playing. However, they played really good against Gonzaga, who I think is a good team. So I think that – I'll stick with what I thought going into the season, which I still think, you know, Baylor's going to be finished at the top or near the top of the Big 12. Yeah, this is the a top three Big 12 team at minimum. Um and I think this is this is this is a team that has the this is a team that doesn't have a ceiling because of their shooting. If they if they get into the tournament and they're hot, they'll they will beat anybody if if they if they hit their threes. They we are going to we may set a record this year for the number of threes taken in the Big Twelve. Like it's 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 insane the rate at which we're shooting three pointers. But that means you live and die by it, and and you could have a day where um you do terrible so this might be a season where we see ourselves lose to a big 12 or team two or two that we shouldn't lose to um though there's not really that many in that in this conference everybody's so good um but yeah you're you're gonna have a game where you may you may drop one or two that you shouldn't just because you're not shooting but then you'll have a game where you blow out a kansas or even a texas um way more than anybody expects you to because the shots are falling um, but uh, as you mentioned, this team is going to go as far as their defense takes them, I think, because when they put the effort in on that end um, and really prevent the fast break, uh, man, the 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 breaks that Marquette and Virginia, when we lost to them, were having, you know, it was the offense went stale. They were getting a rebound and boom, they're up the court. They're finding open threes or they're finding layups um, when you can actually get your defense set and run it correctly and do it with effort. Like we saw against Gonzaga, um, you're going to, you're going to beat top tier teams. And so that's, that's what this team is going to have to do moving forward. But they've been a blast to watch so far. They average 85 points a game. So um, for sure. Now they've been off for 12 days or will have been off for 12 mm-hmm. days when they play. Um, they, they went on their finals break. As I mentioned, they, they beat Tarleton 80 to 57. That was the last game that they played on Jan or December 6th. They will now play this coming Sunday on December 18th as part of a doubleheader uh, up at an American Airlines Center at the Pac-12 yeah. Coast to Coast Challenge. So the women's team will uh, start off the day tipping off at 6.30, um, number 18, 8-2 eight and two women's team against the number 20, 8-1 Arizona Wildcats. Uh, they tip off at 6.30, uh, American Airlines Center in Dallas, and it's a deal where you buy one ticket, you get to go to both games. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, two power five matchups, a ranked matchup in the women's game. So you've got a big one there. And then the men uh, will tip off at 9 p.m., which is the estimated time, depending on, on the women when the women's game ends. Uh, but they'll be playing against Washington State, who's four and five on the year. Um, not as big of a matchup. I don't have a line for this game. I do know that the basketball power index for ESPN says we have like a 85% chance to win this game. But Washington State has lost to Boise State. They've lost to Prairie View A and M. Um, they lost to UNLV. They lost to Oregon, and they lost to Utah. But losing to Prairie View—that's um, something. Um, 
<laughs> and and they lost by 11. Um, so this isn't a great Washington State team that's coming in. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think the last time we played Washington State, uh, I think we lost to them, and it was when they had Clay Thompson on that team, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I believe so. I think that's correct. So it should be it should be a great, uh, an amazing game at 630 um, between number 18 and number 20 on the women's side. And then on the men's side, it should be it should be a game that Baylor runs away with and really dominates. Yeah. And then after that, um, that coast to coast challenge, you know, you have a couple of. More like kind of, I would say. Low level teams. Two cupcakes. You got so you Northwestern got like, State and Nickel State. Yeah. Before you open Big 12 play with Iowa State on the men's side. On the third. Yeah, once again, uh back to back years heading to Ames to open yeah. open up uh Big 12 play. And on the women's side, they have Long Beach State and then after Arizona, they play Long Beach State and they open up on the 31st, um welcoming in TCU. So we're right, we're you know staring down the barrel of uh conference play yeah it's been a, it's been a fun non-con slate um the men's side you've got the two losses which are kind of annoying but i mean hey you've gone out there you beat you beat a top 10 ucla team you beat yeah. a top 15 gonzaga team um so even though you got those two losses you got two big time wins um and you've had one of the toughest non-con schedules in the country so far um so this this is a team that's fully prepared to head into the 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 maw that is the Big 12 slate. Yeah. And of the teams in the Big 12 on the men's side, there are worse teams you could be right now. Yes. For a myriad of different reasons. Yeah. Yeah. There's 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 things there's going things on. going on all over the Big 12 world that I think are they're probably not topics for this podcast. <laughs> oh, we could make it that way. No. <laughs> but anyway, um yeah, so that's that's basketball. That's the basketball from the Bear Den. Yeah, the the basket den. Yeah, so that, that one's is, not going to stick. No, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think. I think we need to workshop it a little bit. So let's wrap everything up with: Is there anything that you're watching? I know we kind of covered Andor, and we've done a lot of Game of Thrones during the football season. Is there anything after the football season, something going on right now that you're particularly watching or that's caught your eye? So the, 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 the only, so I, I, as you know, and I've brought up numerous times on the show, like I'm obsessed with the show top gear and in the grand tour. I love those guys. Um, so I've been watching a lot of that just in my free time, but uh, they each have kind of some spinoff shows that have happened. And one of them, uh, one of the hosts named Richard Hammond, um, he has a show called Hammond's Garage, which is about him starting and running a, a garage that um, restores classic cars. And it is on Discovery Plus, but only in the UK. So I have been bootlegging that recently. So <laughs> do you have like a VPN or what? what you just how you there's so, uh, you just go on Reddit and somebody like basically okay. somebody records them, posts them on a website and you just go okay. watch them and Discovery doesn't do a very good job of taking it down. Um I have no idea why it's only in the UK. Like your Discovery Plus, just have it be on all of your platforms. Um, but I've been watching that in Top Gear. Um, I am officially off of work. Um, by the time this comes out, I will officially have, be off of work for um, a little over two weeks. And I won't have to go back until after the new year starts. So I have um, 
I have a couple of thoughts in my head. I'm definitely going to go to as many movies as I possibly can. First one I'm going to go see is Avatar. Um, I'm not excited about no, going to see listen, Avatar. I'm not like a huge too Avatar long. fan. It's too long of a movie. It's too long, but you know what? It's it. three hours. Hey, I have a baby. Getting out of the house for three hours is a big deal. Um, and it's going to be a beautifully done movie. Absolutely. So I'm excited to go go look at it. Uh, yeah. I'm not necessarily excited to watch it. If I'm you're going to watch that, it. yeah. If you're going to go to that film, you have to go in like a theater or IMAX. And yeah, you, get go, the full you go all out. Immersive experience. Because you're absolutely right. It's going to be beautifully shot. Yes. It's going to be a beautiful film. However, so I'm excited to watch that. But yeah, I'm not excited about the story. It's like I did three hours and 40 minutes long or some crazy stuff like it's that. It's three hours and 10 minutes. <laughs> My three hours and 10 minutes, three hours and 40. It's after once you get three hours, it's all the same. <laughs> I'm a Lord of the Rings fan, man. I can do it. Um, but other than that, like I don't I don't know really what I'm gonna watch. Uh Jack Ryan, which is an Amazon oh, Prime series. Uh I'm, season three of that comes out in five days. So I'm right there with you. I was like, I thought it already come out, and I was like, dude. So I, I thought it was it. December 8th, and I went on a couple weeks ago looking for it. I was so pissed. Cause I saw like their social media posted like maybe like the trailer or something. I was like, did it already come out? So it said like streaming on Amazon Prime or whatever, Prime Video. So I went to look at it. I was like, I cannot believe I missed the premiere. Yeah. And then sure enough, it's like, oh, it's December 21st. I was like, oh, okay. I'm can't wait. So <laughs> definitely gonna be watching that when it drops. Yeah, I'm really not watching anything. Once we like wrapped up Andor, I think. The next thing I'm probably looking forward to movie-wise is I definitely am excited for like the Ant-Man Quantumania. Can't wait. Can't the, wait. The, new, uh, the new Spider-Verse. New Spider-Verse yeah. So, and I'm, I really don't know when. I'm sure there's some more like Disney Plus, Star Wars, Marvel shows coming out. I really don't know when those are. So I want to say I recently saw a Netflix movie preview. Um but I don't remember. Oh, Last of Us is going to be premiering on HBO. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, so you play the games? I have never played Last of Us. I, I was not a PlayStation boy until PlayStation 5. So I didn't I didn't play those. Um, but I, I know what the story is. I have watched and I've watched other people like videos of other people playing it. Um, and I've watched different like breakdowns of the meaning of it and stuff because it's such kind of like a cultural iconic thing that i think i'm I'm well versed enough on the story to watch the show yeah and same thing like i didn't ever play the game however i'm i love pedro pascal i love bella ramsey from and i know her from like game of thrones so and nick offerman of course so the cast alone is going to make me like tune in no, and it, it's a it's a very compelling story. So I'm excited to see what they do with it. Um, you know, I I think I think we're at a point now where kind of video game stories can can be told well in a TV medium. So yeah, um, I, I am definitely excited about it. You know, are you a Xbox person or PlayStation? I was an Xbox person forever, and then I got a PS5 when PS5 came out. So I was one of the very lucky ones who um, was actually able to pre-order a PS5 and and I've had one since day one. So, yeah, I have an Xbox or I had an Xbox one, but I was, I'm just thinking about upgrading. So 
That's what I upgraded from. Upgraded from Xbox One to yeah, PS5. So I think I, I uh, go PS5 if I can get one. I love mine, man. I absolutely love. I like the PlayStation a lot. It's it's great, and it's it's really good because if you sign up for like the PS Plus, like they have different levels of it, but you get so you get so many free games. Well, and that's why I had the Xbox One because I had like the Game Pass and like it came with like EA Play, so I had like all like you don't even EA have to do. Games. You just so basically, you know how you pay for Xbox Live. Yeah, like if you, you if when you pay for that on PlayStation, you, you they just give you tons of free stuff, just tons of it. So it's yeah. it's it's something that I have really enjoyed since I've since I've switched over. So, and that's gonna be another thing I do when I'm off. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna play some video games. Yeah, and that's I'm off as well until like the first of the year. So that's what I was looking into is maybe upgrading my game console and playing yeah. some video games yeah we're both off so we're having bared in day in waco this coming tuesday yeah. and we're gonna go we're gonna be at the northwestern state game yes on the 20th we'll be there yeah i think the plan right now is maybe maybe hit up some balconies in the afternoon for sure that's always a good time if you it ask is. me maybe maybe swing by some shorties who knows oh now we're now we're turning it up a notch. Yeah, getting getting real crazy with the pizza shack <laughs> for sure. All right, Joe. That's all I have. Um, where can people find you if they want to reach out to you or get more of your content? You can find me on Twitter at the underscore Joe underscore Goodman, um, and then you can also find stuff on uh, our Daily Bears, which I'm actually I haven't even told you about this yet, but it's kind of under wraps. But mm-hmm. I have something very cool that I am planning to drop. It'll probably come out in a little over a week, but I've I've got something like super super cool, so be on the lookout for that. Awesome! Can't wait. What about so, you, Matt? Where can the people find you? Well, you can find me on Twitter, of course, at Matt underscore Workman. Um, you can also find me on Sikkim Social, Mastodon server at Matt underscore Workman. So if you get tired of Twitter and the drama going on over there, just mosey on over to our friend uh, Brad Brown, Zucat. He uh, started this server for Baylor fans, and it's a good good hang right now. I need to check that out, but my th- my thing is just like we've got. Uh, also, and of course, uh, your thing. Join the join the yes. Our Daily Bears Discord. That's the yes. other place. That's a, I'm also on there again. I want to say it's Matt underscore Workman or just my name, but you. I don't even know me. what I am on there. I don't so, know what my Discord name. Did is. you want to plug the? Aren't you doing like a pick'em or some something on the uh, Our Daily Bears? Yeah, I think today's the last day. If you are, I mean, not the last day. You, there's you, you'll be missing some points because some bowl games happened earlier yeah. today. But yeah, if uh, go to rdlybears.com. There's a um, you should be able to find it pretty easily. But yeah, we're doing an ODB pick'em for all the bowl games um, to see if you're smarter than Peter. Uh, so <laughs> you can go on there. You make your picks. Um, it's a confidence one, so you'll set how confident you are with with each bowl game pick that you've made, score points, and then and then we'll see who gets crowned the the ODB champion once all the bowls are done. All right, sounds good. Well, until next time, Joe. And Merry Christmas, everybody. Yes. Merry Christmas. And have a happy holiday, Joe.
Social Podcast Network.